A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. It's a contest that pits teams from all divisions against one another as our guests have the honour of representing the side they've always supported. The winning club will progress to the next round while the losers will become a mere footnote on our Wikipedia page. But who will be victorious and who will be vanquished? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. So, in a change of formation this week, guest captain James Brown comes off the bench and he's joined by former boxing promoter and campaigner for LGBT rights, Kelly Maloney. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Terrible defeat for Millwall in the week. Don't even talk about it. (laughs) We've got to, it's football. I want a sick bucket. (laughs) 4-0, 4-0 way to Fulham. That's no good. How how do you think they looked? They didn't look very good. They looked disorganised. They looked like... They were a second-class team against a premiership team, you know. But I think it's a bit... Reading Twitter this morning, I was reading the attacks on Neil Harris, the manager, saying that he's got no idea and no clue. You know, they've got to give him a chance. He's bought his own players in this year in the transfer market. He was giving, well, for Millwall, a lot of money, a few million. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to everyone else. Yeah. And, um, you know, so they've got to give him a chance. But I think Fulham are maybe one of the outstanding teams... I hate to say this, but alongside Leeds in the um, we'll, we'll championship. Talk about, we'll talk about Leeds in a minute. <laughs> I'm, talk about... I'm supposed to be here backing you up. <laughs> no, but, but, well, that's what I'm saying. Leeds is an outstanding side. But... Right. <laughs> James, yeah, James, you're obviously a Leeds fan. and you're I... a... It is a bit like having a couple of squirrels tied up together in a in a sack. Oh, I remember. So, today, uh, Millwall and Leeds fans, but there we are. Um, now, did you get to see Millwall much at the moment? I watch on television regular because in Portugal we can get most games. Um, so, you know, I watched Saturday's game, which was good. We won 1-0 yeah. against Sheffield Wednesday. And I tuned into last night's game thinking, another great result. I turned it off after, <laughs> just after the <laughs> halfway through the second half. Come, I'm going to go and watch something else. <laughs> now, you've got some uh, big news coming up, which is you're on uh, Celebrity MasterChef. Yes, do I you, am. Do you, back, <laughs> do you back yourself in the kitchen? Is that where you're... Uh... Well, I'm never. I'm not a cook. but oh, I, right. um, Maybe it's the wrong show. Um, well, 
<laughs> we'll soon find out, won't we? We'll soon find out. Um, or maybe I've... <laughs> Do you have a uh, signature dish? Um, I've started Kelly's Kitchen, so you can follow it. Hashtag Kelly's Kitchen right. on Instagram now. You can follow it. And, and what's that? You learning to cook? Uh, no, as I'm you teaching you to cook. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> cook easy and simple. <laughs> Okay, and what, and what what do you like cooking in Portugal? Fish, like mainly fish. Seafood, yeah. Fish, mainly fish. And I've got a friend that's a very good chef in Portugal. So, unfortunately, I had didn't get any lessons of him before um, I went on to Master Chef. So, a lot of it was um, memory and just trying to think of what I've seen him do and that. And well, you'll see how well I've done. Fantastic. And you used to be a boxing promoter, of course. Did you ever cook for any of your fighters? No, no, no. never. No, I, I wanted them to be fit when they got in the ring. <laughs> I certainly didn't want to poison them or give, give the opponents a bit of a chance, did I? <laughs> now you're in a team today. James, you're our team captain today. Leeds, not natural bedfellows with Millwall. Well, you know what? Actually, I think there is a bit of identification, really. It's not, you know, Millwall have got a really strong self-identity. So have Leeds. Yeah. Uh, the difference is we've just got a bit more history than them. But I'm. it's not Sorry. hard. <laughs> well, we have. It's starting. No, but we, uh, well, we have. We've got a little bit more what? sort of more high-profile history. What, Dom Revy? To be fair. Dom Revy? That's you what I'm saying. Bri- you sacked Brian Clough. Yeah, I'm saying good, oh, good so things. You had, yeah. you had a, what's Let's that? not get into You're a round, Kelly. We're You're on, on the, the same, same team. team. <laughs> the point I was making was it's there is certain identification and respect amongst teams that no one else likes. Yeah, yeah. True. Okay, we'll go My with My enemy's actually, enemy. But actually, I've got, I've had got a good relationship with Leeds because I used to manage and train um, Carl Johansson who was the nephew of the first black footballer that played yes. in the Albert, FA. Albert Johansson. Yeah, it was his nephew. He was British champion. I took him to the British title and um, he lost in a great fight. Uh, oh, Kevin Mitchell? Kevin Mitchell, that's it, thank you. Just, just remember that. Yeah, just so did I. <laughs> Kevin Mitchell. And that was one of the fights of the year at um, the O2. Oh, right. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, James, you've done p- publishing, author. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to be a footballer? Everything's pretty football-based, you know. And did I always want to be a footballer? Yeah, did you just secretly, secretly I am deep now a footballer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Did you always secretly just want to be a footballer? I mean, a lot of us Not do. secretly. Everybody no. who stood in the street and kicked a ball about and pretended they were their own heroes were advertising themselves. I mean, I think certainly there's that hangover. Even until my early thought, 40s, I still would think that some bloke stood by the side of the pitch might be a scout. Yeah, you never know. Big coat. They've got a big coat on. Yeah. But you can do what I do. I play uh, walking football in Portugal now. Yeah, well, I, it's quite I actually, a good game. I play uh, a lot of five-a-side and okay. sort of eight-a-side, but I do tend to walk mainly. <laughs> it's know, a good it's game, not... though. It's a great game. It's really catching on. There we are. Middle do you not walk. feel like someone bursting football? into a sprint ever? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think walking just a lovely pace. What happens football? when the ball goes out? Take a throw in. No, but does it take ages to go on? No, you've got to walk all the way down have, the beach to we get only the have ball. A short, we only have a short... Um, it's played on a five-a-side. Okay, pitch, yeah. all right. Now, now, James, just before I move on to yes. uh, Bob and Natalie, um, you're the captain, captain today. Yes. Which leads captain or manager are you going to model Brem- your Bremner. On? Bremner, all day long. All day. I think you'll appreciate I'll that. I'll shake your hand on that. Yeah, see, well, I, I, I did like it. Finally, him. they've got on. Let's, go, let's move <laughs> over. On the opposite team, captain Natalie Soy. Hello, Natalie. Hello. And joined by a broadcaster and legendary comedian and celebrity, it says here, Bob. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but we'll just go with legendary comedian. Uh, it's the wonderful Bob Mills. Yay. That's a catch-off. What does he do? I don't know. Just put celebrity. I don't know. And you're a Leighton Orient fan, of course. We're, I mean, yes. we love the O's. A tough summer. In many uh, different ways. An awful ways. summer, A yes. terrible summer. Uh, an awful summer, which which was actually beautiful. It started at the end of last season. We were down in, we were out of the league. We had two years in the conference and then suddenly we come back. Everything was fantastic. And then, of course, the terrible, terrible news 
Uh, Justin Edinburgh uh, passed away, 49 years old, died of a heart attack. The man who seemed to be in peak physical shape. And it, it's, it's going to take a long time to get over that. But you've made a great start to the season. Yeah, we're doing all right. We had, <laughs> we had. I'm sorry, but this sums up teams like Leighton Orient. We were 2 0 down at half time against, uh, against Mansfield, and then we came back and we beat them 3 2 with a goal in extra time, which is fine. It's a, it's a good result. It's a good, you know, it shows uh, uh, some good qualities in the team. What well, it doesn't deserve, but it's already out there. Uh, someone's put the, the on YouTube the miracle of Mansfield. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> not no. yet. No lepers were cured. There were no fish. There was no bread. We came back from Turnall down at half time. Natalie, have you been to Leighton Orient? You're a Brentford fan. I'm trying to think if I have. I, I feel like I have been, but a long, long time ago. It ranks up there as my worst ever away days at Leighton Orient. Oh, really? For one reason, Bob, and I don't know if they still do it, but if you're in the away end and Leighton Orient score. This comes over the tannoy. Goal! <laughs> Annoying, isn't it, Bob? It's yeah. the only noise you get there. <laughs> we don't. We don't. No, that's not fair. We do. We don't do that anymore. Okay. We did about in 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 Hearn's last. I was going to say, was that Barry Hearn's doing that noise no, himself? No, your mates. Barry your mates, Kelly. In Barry's last year, he came up with the idea because he'd been to America every now and again. Uh, Eddie would take Barry to America and when he came back you knew there was going to be trouble <laughs> <laughs> and he came back, back with an idea he came back with the idea and that idea was and this will send a chill through the hearts of all football supporters in the world we have the walk on music of course we do and if we win we have music yeah. we play there but every time Orient scored they would play that was that that Mambo number four? Oh, yeah, lovely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Did you have Yad's Mambo playing for you? Because he's, he's an actual player. Yes, it, yeah, that yeah. would have made an aota of sense. Yeah. Made no sense. <laughs> that suddenly they played this music when you scored, and it was the most embarrassing thing. When The first time it happened, it took about three games to happen because we got beat 2-0, 1-0, and yeah. then we, we scored. And it was so embarrassing because what happens is the white fans just look at you like, you serious? Is this- <laughs> <laughs> really serious? You're playing this music? And we sit there going, it's not us, mate. It's not us. They, he went to America. He went somewhere. He probably went to a baseball game. And it's... <laughs> And come you back don't have to it. explain it across the terraces of people. Oh, the look of pity. <laughs> oh, it's, there's nothing worse than oh, that. Oh, no. There's there's very, well, well, it's brilliant to have you, Bob. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, so our first round is approaching here on Glory Hunters. But to see who goes first, let's listen to this clip of somebody speaking fluent Dutch. I sort of knew uh, when I came here in the Champions League, uh, Liverpool or Arsenal, I thought maybe one of them we would draw, and uh, it is Arsenal, I think. One of the, the toughest teams in the draw, and I think it will be uh, very, very difficult for our players and to experience uh, big games, Champions League, Arsenal, at home, the Emirates. I think we, we are not just uh, what you call underdogs, but massive underdogs. I think there is no expectations for FC20, so uh, everything is there for a surprise. There we are, 
Steve McLaren. Now, for those of you who don't, I don't know if you speak Flemish or Dutch, but I can translate that for you <laughs> if you want. Does anybody need me to translate I think, it? Or? I think he was much blind. You, because, do you? No, because obviously you can't just learn another language instantly. He was just talking how the Dutch people were talking to him. So you think he had a good go? He was No, I think he was just replicating all he'd heard. Okay. Okay, we'll go with that, James. You're a very nice man. You're a very kinder man than I. Now, we're going to go nearest the pin. Where are Holland currently in the FIFA World Rankings? Kelly, we're going to start with you. You and James playing for Millwall today. Where are Holland currently in the FIFA World Rankings nearest the pin? 11th. I'll go with 11th. I've gone with 11th. Bob and Natalie? I, I would say 14th. I'd have thought lower, but... Well, there's a lot of South American teams. Don't forget, it's not the most successful. The FIFA rankings. Mm. So mm. if Ecuador win a lot of go games... Go on, then. Go with 14. Go on. Oh, no. No, no. Okay. Let's do it. 14. Uh, 14. Gone with 14. The answer is 16th. There we are. So in the first the first round... We're so we go. won that? You won that, yeah. You're, okay. You've not won any points yet. No, oh, no right. goals yet. Right. You just go second. You just get to go first. That's <laughs> all. Can yeah. we still call it some kind of miracle? Okay, um, let's call it <laughs> the... Ste- the, the, the McLaren Miracle. Yes. We're going to go with uh, the McLaren Miracle. of Amsterdam. Oh, it's beautiful. No wonder you're a writer. Right, here we go. So, Bob, first round is called this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Yes, Bob Mills, you have 30 seconds to tell us why Leighton Orient is bigger than Millwall. Well, it's obviously it'd be a ridiculous statement to make because Melbourne have had a lot more success over the years. They've had uh, four FA Cup semi-finals. They've had an FA Cup final. They've had uh, great stretches in the top division where they've only had one year in the top division. However, let's let's bring it down a little bit. We are a bigger club than Millwall because we are and have always been, and I'm including Leighton Wingate and Leighton Stone, the biggest club in Leighton. <laughs> See, whereas Millwall were the biggest club in Millwall until 1910. Now they're in New Cross. Yeah. They're not even in Millwall. <laughs> so I believe that gives us the edge. Do you think that gives you your biggest where, where you where are? Where you are, yes. Where you yes. are makes you the bigger club. I, I believe so. I think I like that's that. right. It's a good argument. I'm going to go along with it. It was a very, very good argument. Uh, Kelly, I hope you can match up to that as you start to tell us why Millwall is a bigger club than Leighton Orient. Well, we have a much bigger fan base to start with. We have a much nicer ground. We've obviously moved from Colblow Lane end. Millwall, I knew, was always in south-east London. And it is the Dockers, even East End Dockers, still come to Millwall. They don't go to Leighton Orient. So in that, I would put Millwall have a bigger capacity for drawing, where Orient just... Well, they've lost their fans to West Ham now. There we are, and there is it. Time's up with a little dig at the end. They've mm. lost their fans to West Ham. There is ever so ever so good. I like Bob's jokes, and I like Kelly's sense of aggression. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick between you. I can't. Pick. I'm going to go three all, three goals each. Oh. And at the end of that round, the scores are three all. Okay, next up, Sam Allardyce with some of his favourite quotes from the world of football. I couldn't settle in Italy. It was like living in a foreign country. <laughs> oh dear me. Sam Allardyce is a man who doesn't mince his words when it comes to talking football and that's why we thought he'd be the ideal person to share some of his favourite quotes from the game all our teams have to do is identify who said them originally now it's currently three all so uh, I'm going to go with Bob you made me laugh the most in the first section, which is good because that's your job. Um, and so you're gonna, we're going to start with you and Leighton Orient. 
Uh, please listen to this quote and tell us who said it originally. We had a good team on paper. Unfortunately, the game was played on the grass. It sounds like it might originally be... be Clough. It sounds like a clough. I'm going to give you some options now. Oh, okay. I mean, you may be there already without the options, okay. but I, mean, I, didn't know I might give you an extra goal if you are. Okay. A. Brian Clough. <laughs> <laughs> B. Sam Allardyce. C. Sean Dyche. Uh, it's, it's You've gone with clough, A. Yeah. Brian Clough. The answer is Brian Clough. Okay. Well done, Bob well Mills. Done. Uh, Sam Allardyce would be a good mashup of <laughs> Sean Dyche and Sam Allardyce. Sean Dyche is the man. In football, in sport, who if you saw his face and then said, what do you think his voice is like? <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be within a million miles of it. Very, very good. Very good. And now we're going to go over to you, Millwall. We're going to go to you, James. That still sounds Kelly. really uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Millwall, James Brown yeah. for Millwall. Well, you, look, you've Just had to do it. Just get used to it, James. Just get used to it. This is, this is Glory Hunters. <laughs> Could you please listen to this quote and tell us who said it originally? The beauty of cup football is that Jack always has a chance of beating Goliath. Who do you think said that? Is it A, Harry Redknapp, B, Terry Butcher, or C, Bobby Robson? I think it's Harry Redknapp. No, I Kelly think it's, it's Harry I think, Redknapp. I think it's uh, Bobby Robson. It's Bobby Robson. James thinks it's Bobby Robson. Leeds v Millwall. Here. Falling out Millwall. already. Falling out. There you go. Bobby, Harry Bobby, Bobby Robson was always getting names wrong. In fact, I read an interview last week with somebody, Glenn Hoddle, was implying that he did it on purpose sometimes. And he always played his side stand as well. I'll go with Bobby Robson. I'm going to go with Bobby Robson. James's choice. The answer is Terry Butcher. There we are. <laughs> it's bad news. It's bad oh. news. There, back to you, Natalie. Yes, Bob, playing ready. for Leighton Orient this week. Please tell us who said this quote originally. I like Balotelli. He's even crazier than me. He can score a winner, then set fire to the hotel. Is it A, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, B, Wayne Rooney, or C, Matt Holland? <laughs> oh. Ibrahimovic, Rooney, or Matt Holland? Matt Holland's not a, a reputation Matt, for... No. And Wayne, would, I think it's Zlatan. I would have gone, Zlatan would have been my first choice. Zlatan yeah. says wonderful things. Bob. Yes. Bob, were you, what were you going to say? He hasn't got a reputation for what? Arson. <laughs> <laughs> Wit is actually what I was going to say, unfortunately. Holland. Uh, I think he's Latin. We'll Latin says some Zlatan. wonderful yes, things. Zlatan, it, the answer is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Oh. Congratulations, Leighton Orient. Now, can I ask you a question? They've yes. had, they've had Zlatan and Clough. Yeah. yeah. Like, Zlatan and Clough, obviously the most outspoken <laughs> and interesting people uh -huh. in yeah. both those lists. We get Terry Butcher. Terry Butcher, yeah. He's not even on the same level of manager yeah. or player as either then. It's so unlike... He was like hidden. This is that was, that was a very this easy question. This is anti-Millwall bias. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it it's, is. It's, it's so different to hear a Leeds fan moaning. Actually, I'm on behalf of Millwall. On behalf of Millwall. Okay. You're getting into the swing of glory yeah, hunters here, James. the implication that everything is stacked does. against Millwall. That's all anyone it's does. It's just role-playing, Charlie. It's just, like, it's just like the Football League. Yeah, it is. Everyone's against Millwall. No one likes us. We don't care. Exactly. We don't care, yeah. Number four, please tell us, Millwall, James and Kelly, who said this originally? I couldn't settle in Italy. It was like living in a foreign country. There we are. Was it Gaza, Ian Rush or Trevor Francis? Ian Rush. Ian Rush. Ian Rush, my favourite player of all time. The answer is Ian Rush. There we are. Congratulations. So the scores at the end of that round are Leighton Orient 5, Millwall 4. Bob, you were thinking there was some sort of problem there. We've had a well, steward. Uh, you, you did say quite explicitly that I would get an extra point because I said Brian Clough before you gave me the option, Brian Clough. But listen, 
Do you know what? Right. We're playing a Leeds Millwall combination. We don't know trouble. We don't want any trouble. And VAR. We don't want any trouble. We've all had a drink. And they've only given us plastic. Kelly just got out a a snooker ball in a sock. They've only just given us plastic bottles as well. (laughs) 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 And they've taken the lids off. Just like that game. Five, four. So have you, you said Ian Rush is your favourite ever player. That was quite a statement. Have you ever met him? No, and and I've not. I've I've always loved him. Well, I liked him a lot as a player. I thought he was brilliant. Brilliant player. One of those players that regardless of inter-club rivalry, you could admire and respect. He was fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, when I was editing Loaded magazine, uh, I had a mutual friend and he said, Rush, would love to meet you. He's a big fan of the oh magazine. My. So he was playing for Leeds at it was the end of his career, playing for Leeds against Arsenal. So he we went to meet him. I was quite excited about meeting him. And, the, and he was sitting there. And I, just as I went to sit down, Frank Carson appeared and just ruined it. Oh. Frank Carson. I mean, he's well, here. It's a wasp. Yeah, it's a cracker. Just, he just sat down with us, saw Rushy and just went into his routine, which <laughs> wasn't funny that day. Oh, yeah, Frank Carson. It was funny, like, it was, just, it was just to sit there. There was Ian Rush, Mark Ford, who was a young player coming through, and another Leeds player. We were just sitting there all looking at each other thinking... What is this? Well, you we met all Frank, crushed. You did meet Frank Carson as well. Yeah, you know. well I know to forget that. Have met him, Natalie? I haven't met Frank Carson. You've never met Frank Carson? No, yeah. no. I went to the pet shop. I said, you sell wasps? They said, no. I said, you got two in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which bit of um, Wales he's he d- from. He, but, didn't, uh, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. <laughs> but it's I'm, a cracker. I've met Ian Rush quite a few times, actually. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. A real like all-round sports person yeah. because obviously he played for Wales and we promoted Lewis and Bruno in, at Cardiff at the old oh, rugby stadium yeah. and he came to that and we met him a number of times in an Italian restaurant there and he always had time to come over and talk to you and sit and chat with you and anyone who came up to him and asked for his autograph or picture he obliged I thought he was the real definition of a what a role model sportsman should well, be. you've not upset the 10-year-old me there, Kelly. That's really, really good. Natalie, who's the nicest? I know you've met Pele. We, we don't bang on about that again. <laughs> and, we, and we know that in Brentford, there are four a pub on each corner. We know that. And we're I don't the want that every 2006 week, Natalie. Community Club of the Year. They are 2006 are Community Club the of the Year. Are you going to move the pubs I'm, when you I move wish, Stadia? I wish we were. Can we not, not talk about the pubs and Brentford? <laughs> no, but, no, hang on. <laughs> Would no, you no, still they, make they, the extra could, money they from could the build pubs. <laughs> they could build pubs on the four corners of the new stadium. Yes, they could do. It would you know be if they cared about the fans. But wouldn't fill the four up. There is no pub even in oh, the gosh. new stadium. You but can't have this every single week, Natalie. How did they used to make extra money advertising at Brentford? Oh, I know. One on the flyover, was it on, on, yeah, the, on, on, the, on the roof? On the roof, on the, roof. Yeah. the fly yeah. path. They yes. put the, the airlines used to advertise on the roof, yeah, because oh. it's right on the flight path. As airlines, but that's what Palace done as well with Virgin, wasn't it? Virgin Atlantic sponsored the top of Palace's oh. stadium and Walsall. When you sit in the traffic on the on the M40 there, on the, or the Walsall, the M6, Walsall, there you got, got the big, you got the big thing, yeah, big, and at Lake Norwich, what are they there? advertising? At oh, Lake Norwich, you want. <laughs> I've got to listen to this one. <laughs> At Lake Norrin, during, during Barry Hearn's time, oh, yeah. we did get censured by the Football League because we were sponsored by Bravo. And on the centre circle, the, the groundskeeper put the two little ears in to make, it, oh, to make it the Bravo logo. And we got away with it for two matches before the AFL said, You know no, what? No, no, no. Barry always pushes his luck, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah, I mean, where the floodlights are, he built he some flats. He built flats. some flats, didn't yeah. he? I mean, imagine buying that's a empty, that's, that's wasted space. Yeah, but imagine buying a flat there and having to look at it late Norrin every week. Yeah. <laughs> and with that. It is still late in Orient 5, Millwall 4. And after the break, we'll find out who was calling Jose Mourinho during this press conference. What I want is them to be with the team, and they always are. Thanks, 
Hello? Sounded like it was Donkey Kong. Anyway, find out next on Glory Hunters. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to Glory Hunters on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, the show which aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Each week, our guests have the honour of representing the side they've always supported as they seek to progress to the next round. Today's fixture is Millwall v Leighton Orient, which proves it's not all about the Premier League here on TalkSport. On the Millwall team sheet today are Kelly Maloney and James Brown, whilst Natalie Sawyer and Bob Mills are representing Leighton Orient. Now, before the break, we asked who rang Jose Mourinho during this press conference. What I want is them to be with the team, and they always are. Hello? There we are. So, who do you think that was ringing? Uh, Natalie, any ideas? Oh, goodness me. Um, the wife? The wife could have yeah, been the wife. Yeah, I'd like to think it's his wife. So you have a special, special ringtone for the wife? Oh, see if it was my dad. He has the uh, uh, when it's my mum that's ringing. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like the prison break. Yeah, really. It's yeah. 
Oh, she's calling. What's your dad's name again, Natalie? We had a bit of him Brian. last. Brian was on last week. We had a, a couple of. I think each week we might have a story about Brian. I know. Brian Sawyer this He's week. A character. So he has. Ang, ang, he ang. Oh, that's lovely, isn't so it? So that's for your mum. That's for my mum. Yeah. <laughs> and she. <laughs> does, she, does she know? Have you ever had a chat with Brian about this? But I did question it. Um, does she know? Probably not. She's ringing, so she wouldn't know. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. Bob? My, my mate calls his mother-in-law most haunted. He told me this week. Oh. Welcome to 1972. <laughs> it's uh, not me. <laughs> Who do I think it was? Who do you think it was well, ringing Jose Mourinho? Uh, my, I, I'm, I've obviously got it wrong because in my mind it wasn't his phone. It ah. was, it was a, it Yes, was you're a, probably right. A reporter. It was the reporter's phone and it was the reporter's wife that he oh. spoke to. Okay, so that's what we're going for. Kelly, any ideas? No, I agree with Bob. I don't think it was his phone ringing because he didn't pick it up when he showed it on TV. Oh, right. So... The reporter. James Brown, do you want to add us I, anything? I, I, Maybe never, a comedy answer. I've never seen it just like you. It oh, sounded yeah. like something out of like you you were going to get that big rush of coins running in <laughs> yeah. afterwards. It's like, it's hold like the some, cherries, hold the cherries. Yeah, it's like the seaside like arcade music. So uh, I don't know. I have no idea who it was. Yeah, plus I would think he would have um, champions on his phone ringing. Oh, yeah, the Champions League. The uh, Champions yeah. Was it his phone? Well, let's find out. Let's find out. What I want is them to be with the team, and they always are. Hello? It's from TalkSport. <laughs> that shouldn't be working like that. It's for you. Wait a second, please. It's Abby from TalkSport. You shouldn't be doing that now, Abby. Not for now. Sorry, it should have been on. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Our talk sport reporter, Don McGuinness, professional yeah. to the last there. Well done. Um, so it was a reporter, but it wasn't the reporter's wife. It was the reporter's producer. So I can't give any of you any points at all. Bad luck. OK, now next up, I want each of you to abandon your principles and go all out for glory in the round we call Sporting Heretics. Now, you'll each have 30 seconds to deliver a piece of pure sporting blasphemy as you lay waste to a sacred cow of my choosing. Quite simply, the more horrified, shocked and disgusted I am, the more you will score. Kelly, for Millwall, we're going to start with you and we're going to go with this. Darts is not a sport. I hate it when people say we're going to watch a world championship and they turn on their TV and it's bloody darts. <laughs> I think, my God, how can these fat men be sportsmen? They just stand there drinking beer. I'll say it's a, it's a game of concentration. It's definitely not sport. Sport is about getting fit. Um, working hard darts is about going to the pub and throwing an arrow at a board to me it's sacrilege that they call it sport a two footed challenge there from Kelly Maloney <laughs> on darts in the true Millwall style I'm going to give you nine goals for Ooh, going in very yes. hard Kelly very very good Natalie oh. Sawyer coming to you VAR is brilliant. It is brilliant because only the rich clubs have it. So we all know football is about the Premier League and nothing else. So it makes sure that every other club in the EFL and lower 
know their place. So that's why one reason it's brilliant. It's brilliant because players work really hard when they're on the pitch. So when they have to check a goal, it gives them a little breather and we like them to all be re- relaxed before the game gets uh, underway once again. It's also good because it shows up how bad referees are. So, you know, when they make a mistake, VAR now is on hand to correct the decisions. So that's another good point. Uh, it's also good because it, it cuts out those uh, naughty players that like to beat the offside trap. They're all so naughty, aren't they, when they play <laughs> our, the offside trap and everything. And that armpit now, we know you're offside. So that's another reason why it's great. And also it creates that drama of not knowing when the game is going to be stopped. It's no longer just about the referee whistling for the foul that he's seen, but it's for the unknown fouls. So that's why VAR is great. It's one of those things we're going to have to get used to because football is not about goals and winning. It's an entertainment business nowadays. This was absolutely excellent, Natalie. Um, I liked it particularly because you, you spoke to us like we were toddlers. Yes. And uh, I think <laughs> I think that's the best I way to get it across to everyone. They need a sleep. They need a rest on the they pitch. Do. They work <laughs> very they work hard, ever, these footballers. So <laughs> they 19 hard. minutes is a long time to running around. I think you're getting ready to take your, uh, your son on holiday. I think that's what's <laughs> happening. You're warming up for that. So I'm going to give you eight Thank goals you. there. Can I just carry on goals. that one? Yes. Course, I actually Kelly. think we're going more... The Premiership's going more to American football because I think we're going to be seeing ads during the when the oh, barbara comes up. Yeah. Oh, it's already being spoken about. See? Kelly, it's already being spoken Always about. Always an eye on how to make a few yeah, quid there, Kelly. Another point? Classic boxing promoter. Another point? No more points, no. Actually, one off for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> you can't do that. Listen, that's just how it works out. VAR's James, not in here. Yeah, I've looked at the VAR. Point off. James Brown. No. All sport is ruined by timekeeping. Well, timekeeping and rules and any structure... This is what sport is built on, and it just ruins it. It absolutely ruins it. There is no reason why a, a, a football match should end when the referee blows his whistle. There is no reason at all. They could keep going, like we did as kids. You kept going and going and going and going until your school uniform was ruined, you were called in, you were dragged in. It just ruins it. Kit makes players lazy. The rules around kit... People should just show up. You're wearing blue, you're wearing white, and then see what they come with. It means they have to plan for the game. It takes the spontaneity out of it. Also, pitch size. So it's not just timekeeping. It's anything to do with regulation and structure. If all pitches were however they wanted them to be, like when you play amateur football and you show up and there's a wall. I played once where there's a, you could see bricks on the goal line, you know? It's just too formulaic, timekeeping, structure. It just ruins sport. When football was first invented and villages punched each other in the face to get a ball into the net, much like Millwall, you <laughs> could, and Leeds, you could, you know, we still, our clubs are still at the heart of what, of what original football was around. Nobody said you've got to stop because 90 minutes has finished. Nobody said that. It just kept going and going and going until the last drops of blood and adrenaline were spent, and then they were the winners. Get rid of timekeeping in football. There we are, James. And all sport. James Bryant just seems to want no rules in anything, in any walk of life. It just would be... No, it would just that is would be better. Supporter, isn't all it? Sport out would be better without rules and timekeeping. Yeah. Just pure enthusiasm <laughs> and aggression and ambition to beat the yeah. other team. OK. Unfortunately, in this game as well, there are rules. 
and um, I'm going to give you one goal. Oh, oh, oh dear. It's a shame, isn't it? Shame. I think it's it your passion. Excuse me. I was in subject. I think he's um, obstructing because he's representing Millwall today. Yeah. I really think you've you played into his hands. One point. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be... <laughs> Kelly's supposed to be heresy. It yes. was. <laughs> and he's heresy. absolutely right. Listen, what did they do? They had replays. Oh, we can't have replays. So we had extra time. Oh, let's have penalties. And then they tried golden goal. And they tried the silver yeah. goal. No, play until the ball can no longer move <laughs> when you they kick could, it. Okay. Well, actually, when Bob says it, I prefer so it. so burst <laughs> that you have to stop. <laughs> Yeah, give him some points, I'll right? Get, out, yeah. I won't give. A, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll, I'll split the difference. I'll give you five goals. Okay. Just for coming in the in the middle there, but well, you seem listen, very cross about the whole thing. It would thing. make if you went to a game on Saturday and said, "Right, see you later," and you didn't get back till Tuesday. I was going to say yeah. you you're covered in blood. Yeah. It'd be a lot better. When yeah. they say what time? What time's the kick off? Kicks off at three. When does it start? I don't know. When does it get dark? <laughs> when does it get too dark? To, yeah. to see the ball. I'm sure this is how it started, but we sort of we yeah. need some rules so you can we have enjoy. Pie. We have we could do what some to, to enjoy music. You could do what they instance, do rugby. You need a tune. You need a tune. Really? To enjoy to enjoy the improvisation. All football is full of tunes. It's nothing to do with when the tune finishes. If we don't have laws, <laughs> we won't have VAR. We want VAR because it's uh, great. Point, Let's not forget. Point off, that's, Natalie. There. That's, that's not heresy because the football organisations, the, the governing bodies, they think VAR is great as well. So Natalie's actually in keeping with what the football industry wants. Okay, you've you've argued your case, and I'm going to give you eight goals. Uh, You've argued up from one to eight. Congratulations, Bob Mills. Thanks, Bob. The Premier League will kill the game. Uh, Football in my lifetime has has survived an awful lot, and and well before my lifetime, it survived two world wars. Football in this country, it survived the plague of football hooliganism in the 60s. We we survived Bronco Lane and the betting scandal, the bribery scandal. It survived Hillsborough, it survived Heysel, it survived European bands. But the millennials have implanted a virus into the body of football, which I promise you will kill it within the next 15 years. And that virus is the Premier League, okay? Because what the Premier League has done is it's created a two-tier football system. They've said our football is different from your football. So we, we need to have VAR, we need to have more money, we need to bring in footballers from all over the world. And what it's doing in this country is it's building a massive, massive, great big effigy, a temple to Mammon, okay? And what it's doing, like all things, it's building it on sand because eventually it will crumble. And what will be left, hopefully, is League One, League Two, but they'll be in trouble because they spent so much money desperately to get to the promised land of the Premier League that a lot of them are getting bust. Berry are going. I promise you, Berry are going. Bolton ain't going to be far behind them. There are 10 clubs in the next five years that are going to disappear from the Football League because they're Icarus. They've flown too close to the sun of the Premier League. And in 15 years' time, we're going to be left, and I'm glad of this, with non-league football and with footballers playing for the right reason. Has anyone wow. told Sky TV that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm done, I don't know if I'm supposed to award points on if I agree with you or not, because unfortunately I agree with you. And also, I love non-league football. I'm not in outraged in any way, so I can't award you any goals, because I just completely agree with you, Bob. So oh, well, that works, is a shame. This is a shame, oh, But also, it? there should be no rules. <laughs> there should be no rules. Okay, six goals. Six goals. Put in front it's, there. it's like the scoring system doesn't mean anything <laughs> in this. Okay, at the end of that round, the scores are... Leighton Orient 18, Millwall 20. Yes! Not one yet, not one yet.
I never wanted to leave. I am here for the rest of my life and hopefully after that as well. Glory Hunters here on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, where we're bringing you a fixture that personifies the beautiful game. Yes, it's Millwall versus Leighton Orient. Time now for a round we're calling back in the day. We're going to travel back to a landmark year in both clubs' history. Now, James and Kelly playing for Millwall. We're going to go back to 1988 and Millwall's first ever season in top flight football, a time that saw them go top of the league in the October of that year after a 3-2 victory over Q. PR. Cascarino, oh it's in! Tony Cascarino as Nicky Johns looks accusingly at his defenders. A characteristically splendid header from Tony Cascarino after 13 minutes has put the Lions in front. TalkSport's very own Tony Cascarino there, opening the scoring in that fixture, but we wanted to know what else do you remember from that year? Here we go, number one. That evening, as Millwall fans celebrated, the pubs and clubs of South East London will have rocked out to the sound of the number one single of the time. But what was it and who was it by? Here we are there. Do you know who that was by? Do you recognise the song, Kelly? I'm no good with music, no unless they're Millwall songs on the terraces. <laughs> um, James, any ideas? It starts with a, a year, doesn't it? That opening line. Go on, I have to guess. It's either the Stones or In Excess. I know that's it a sounds big like that. It sounds like that, but it's, it's neither of those. I'm going to tell you the band. Let's see if you can guess the song. The band is U2. Ah, oh, yeah. No. I'll give it up. It was U2, Desire didn't know it. Mm. Natalie, you knew that, did you? No, I didn't. But when you said it, I got, yes! Oh, yeah, we all knew it when I said it. Know, they, are, but... they are like a cross between the Stones and In Excess. My first fair. thought was In Excess, <laughs> to be honest. Are. Yeah, if you mix that up. The music journey. The opening line is says, the opening line is something like 1968 again, or something like that. It starts with a line about a year. One of there must be one of fifty songs from that era that started with that. That's the Bow Diddley riff, isn't it? Yeah, it's a club. It sounds like uh, or or Faith by George Michael. Or Faith. What or year I is it? Nineteen eighty-eight. It was nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen eighty-eight is the is the is the, the year. We're going to go to question two though. Here we go. The European Championships were held in West Germany that year. Holland were crowned eventual winners. But what was so unique about that tournament? A. Were there no sending offs? B. Were there no goalless draws? C, no knockout matches went to extra time or penalties. What do we think? The European Championships were held in West Germany in 1988. Holland, eventual winners. What was unique about that tournament? A, no sending offs. B, no goalless draws. C, no knockout matches went to extra time or penalties. I'll go with no goalless draws. James, any ideas? No, but I'm... uh, I'll go with Kelly, you know, whatever. Okay, all of the above are correct. There we oh, are. All, we of, are. Them. So all yes. of them. You could have said any of them. It was potluck. So that's right. Potluck. It was also, the, it would have been one of the last years that the two Ronnies could have done their joke. Had some news from the European Championship. The East German pole vault champion is now the West German pole vault champion. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do it long after that, that was it. That was it. Spoiled it. A, a time date on that yeah. joke. Question three. 1988 was also the year of the Seoul Olympics, but how many gold medals did Team GB win in those games? A, six gold rings. B, five gold rings. Or C, four gold rings. Not Christmas. 
Oh, I know it was the year Lennox Lewis won the gold medal. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Oh, that's definitely won. No, he won that for Canada, unfortunately. Oh, oh. <laughs> what a shame. I've got to... Fi- um, How many gold medals in the 1988 I think it was Seoul f- Olympics? I think it was five. James? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go five. I'm go vote. Let's find out. Yeah, it was Christmas. Christmas has come early. And there we are. And in that round, you scored... Two, don't two get, goals. Don't like an extra one for signing Lennox Lewis and bringing him back because he becomes Britain's first undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Producers told me, yes, you do. That seems right. Congratulations, <laughs> Kelly. Well done. Now, Natalie and Bob, we're going all the way back to a truly momentous moment in Orient's history. Cast your mind back, if you can, to when a goalless draw against Braintree saw them return to the Football League. Yes, we're going all the way back to April 2019. <laughs> Champions! Leighton Orient are promoted. The O's are heading back where history says they belong. The O's first league title in 49 years. A remarkable two-year turnaround. A fantastic moment spearheaded by Justin Edinburgh, who is, of course, sorely missed. But in the blur of the past six months, Bob, Natalie, I wonder, can you recall anything else from the past year? Question one. Bob, 2019 was the year that this happened. It's the last ball as Jofra Archer is in. It's flicked towards mid-wicket. Martin Guptill's going to come back, but he's going to be short of his grace. Martin Guptill has run out. New Zealand do not score the two runs they need. England celebrate victory in the World (laughs) Cup final. That was England winning the Cricket World Cup and the following day, cricket-loving Prime Minister Theresa May hosted a reception for the side. But who is Theresa May's all-time cricketing hero? See, not as easy as we thought, is it? Is it A, Ian Botham, B, Phil Tufnell, or C, Geoffrey Boycott? Botham, Tufnell, Boycott. You see, I can't believe it's Botham. I can't believe Tufnell. Well, no, but he's the least controversial of the three, isn't he? I know, but I just feel that... Jeffrey is a little bit like... I know, know, but I feel like she might go for Jeffrey. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. Despite his... Yeah. Okay. Just because the way he played, maybe the way he played, not because of his other controversial ways, but (laughs) that's politely put. Uh, Very very polite, Natalie. Well done. Let's say that her advisors never told her of his, you know... Yes. But but it's your... This is for Leighton Orient, so if you think something else... But she's not. She's not from up north. She's a. She's a southern girl. She's Maidenhead. The MP from Maidenhead. Okay, yeah. I think it's Tufnell. All right then, go with it. It's gone All for right, Tufnell. Tufnell. It's Boykes. The the answer is Jeffrey Boycott. Uh, oh, imagine we, her. Imagine her liking someone who. Right. Imagine her liking someone who, who blocks stuff and just never lets anything through. <laughs> you know, just con- constantly. You don't get no. You don't get you don't get any points, James. Why not? You've given How points. did you know it was boycott? Did you know it? Yeah, yeah. She said it. About oh, well, it doesn't count. It was about twenty-two it. days ago, Bob. <laughs> There's no stealing in this round. I'll anyway, hang on, hang on a minute. Question two, Bob. This year also saw the USA win the Women's World Cup, but there was no such invitation from the president to visit the White House. Despite the fact that he's such a fan of the game, he once participated in the draw for the Rumbelows Cup. Do you remember that? Have you seen that clip? Mm. It's an excellent clip. But which round of the Rumbelows Cup oh. was it for? Was it A, quarterfinals, B, the fifth round, C, the semifinals? Oh, Donald right. Trump drawing the Rumbelows Cup. Quarterfinals, fifth round, semifinals. It would have been a big guess. Uh, I, I think I guess. it would have been... I mean, a... I've, done the, I've done the first round. Have you? Me and Perry, yeah, done the first <laughs> have round. Have you? Yeah. Nice. Not under, not when it was rumbling. No, it was more, more recent. Modern, yeah. 
I think it would have been. <laughs> I think at least quarters or semis. I think it would have been semis. Do you know what I mean? Do it. They wouldn't have had him for long. I can give you like two minutes. He'd won something important. Yeah. It's a beautiful, semis. beautiful. Uh... Bob, you're a bigger guest than him. Are you saying that. <laughs> no, back then he was a big guest. No, Before he, he was president. Yes, no, he, he was. No, you were Donald bigger Trump. than that. You had your own TV show. No, I think... There's nothing here. Don't rub it in the air. Don't say he had his own TV show. We've already... This is typical Leeds play. I'm trying to help you. And if I left, that was a foul. It wasn't really a foul. He was just niggling the back of your leg. Right, here we go. Let's find out. Semi-finals. Which round of the Rumbelows Cup did Donald Trump draw? We now come to the draw for the fifth round of the Rumbelows League Cup. Assisting me with the draw are Jimmy Greaves, who will draw the home team, and Donald Trump who will draw the away team. Number five. Leeds United. Against number six. Will play Manchester United. Oh, Donald. You don't realise what you've done there. That's a biggie. <gasps> Lovely draw from Donald there. The fifth round. Yeah, to be when he was in doing his hotel up in Scotland, he was opening the golf course. Did you ever meet Donald Trump, Kelly? I did actually meet Donald Trump, yeah. yeah. Tell us about it. I met him when he... Well, before he was the president. Obviously, I don't think he'd want to meet a trans woman there. <laughs> His views on that. <laughs> but, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but um, I met him. He wanted to sign Lennox Lewis's, Lewis exclusively to fight it in Atlantic City because he had all the hotels in Atlantic yeah. City. He was such an arrogant man. And, it, like, I said no to the deal with the rest of the Lewis team when I went back and reported. And he he kept a couple of phone calls. He kept insisting and that he could have bid everybody else and but it was just a control freak an absolute control freak it's worked out for him (laughs) (laughs) nothing's changed nothing's changed okay question three before he became prime minister boris johnson had a short-lived career presenting on talk sport here we are hi good evening it's boris johnson on the talk sport 08717 (laughs) there we are an absolute natural Was Bob, Bob you're looking at me. You're looking at me in absolute dismay. Listen, I've heard worse presenters <laughs> <laughs> today in the last hour. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Boris Johnson's short-lived career presenting on Talk Sport. There, but can you tell me Boris's real name? His full real oh, name. Oh no, I know he's got. Is it A? Oh, go on then. Boris Alexander Shipley Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> B. Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. C. Boris Brian Johnson. De Feffel. Gone in. Are you yeah. gone in straight away? Yeah. And uh, yes. Let's find out. Your name, please. <laughs> My name's Boris Johnson. Uh, no, it is in fact Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. <laughs> Isn't it? It is. There we are, Boris Johnson. There. Oh, I did like the little plug for Brian, though. We hoped it would be we Brian. We hoped it would be Brian, didn't we? But there we are, Brian Sawyer sitting there, fingers crossed. Another oh. Brian. Ong, ong, yeah. ong. But no, it didn't happen. <laughs> Natalie's on the radio. Everybody shut up. Okay. When asked as London Mayor in 2015 which football team he supported, Boris said he was a fan of all London teams. To be fair, he was never going to stay faithful to one club, was he? Now, at the end of that round, the scores are Leighton Orient 19, Millwall 23. Football is a game of mistakes. Whoever makes the fewest mistakes wins. We'll do that again. Now, here on Glory Hunters, we believe in accountability and transparency, holding our panel up to scrutiny and asking them difficult questions, which is why we do this. 
morning we're in central London where our distinguished panel have absolutely no idea what questions the general public will ask them as we play A Question of Sport Time. Could we have our first question please? You sir. Hello, I'd like to ask the panel, which sport is your guilty pleasure? Which sport is your guilty pleasure? Natalie Sawyer. I'm going to say golf. All right. Yeah, the idea of sitting down to watch golf for hours upon hours is quite dull. The idea. But actually, I really get into it. And I always say to whoever I'm watching, my boyfriend or whatever, I'll always say... That's a fluky shot, isn't it? But really, I'm there going, oh, that is so good. Yeah, they are, they are at, so talented. Are really and it really annoys me how good they are. I mean, I'm hopeless when it comes to golf, so I don't even play it. But that will be my guilty pleasure because I just find it fascinating how they can hit the balls as far as they can and as direct and as precise. Natalie, you should take up golf. Bob Mills. <laughs> Guilty pleasure, sporting-wise. I hate the phrase guilty pleasure because oh. you shouldn't be guilty about it at all. You're only guilty about it because you have to put up with the, you know, the kind of stupid comments from, from other people about it. But my, one of my favourite of all point. time is crown green bowling. Oh. Uh, when I was a young man, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was uh, Cheshire champion of, of crown green bowls. They don't play it anymore. Uh, really, they don't, they don't play it in the south. Don't get this confused with bowls that you see at Potter's, which is on a long, thin yeah. lane where you can move a jack. That's Anywhere not... you can choose, change your dis- position of your jack isn't bowls, all right? Crown Green Bowl is on a cambered surface. You mm-hmm. use the whole course. It goes left, it goes right. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful sport. And unfortunately, because of the the, the, the area needed to play it and the fact that people who were really good at it are dying out, it's not anywhere near as popular as it should be. I'm interested in you being Cheshire champion, yeah. it, Bob. How old were you when you were Cheshire champion? I was I was under 17s champion when I was 14, 15, and 16. Oh, I played for Cherry Grove, who were the top one of the Perry top Grove. Bowl, Cherry Grove, Cherry Grove, who were one of the top uh, bowling clubs in in that area. So you were the Cherry Cheshire champion. Okay, yeah, uh, we'll go with it. James Brown, guilty pleasure sporting-wise. Well, I am like Bob in more than one way in this round. First of all, the title, guilty pleasure. Yeah. I don't think you should be allowed to take any pleasure in sport as a spectator. That's mainly coming from watching Leeds. Oh, yeah. Uh, so no but, rules but, no rules and no pleasure. <laughs> uh, but also, my guilty pleasure is also crown green bolts. Oh, goodness Whoa, me. Is this is yeah, bizarre. it is because as a kid, my... Granny was very good at it, and uh, we used to go and see her on a Sunday. And she'd be she lived near uh, Crown Green Bowls. Uh, what is it called? A pitch or a square or? I don't know. I don't know the rink. I suppose it would be a, a rink. rink. A no rink. one in up north is a green. Okay, anyway, so green, she right? just a green. Yeah. She lived next to the green, and she was she was great at it, and used yeah. to go and watch it. And it's near Leeds. Yeah, just it's outside Leeds, yeah. and uh, in actual fact, it looks like quite a calm, sedate. Uh, leisurely pursuit, but it's actually really mean and vindictive. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's it's all about really. It's, it's not just about accuracy, as uh, Natalie, you know, that's what she likes in golf. It's actually about in using your accuracy to inflict pain on the opposition team. So you cannot only just do well if you get your uh, bowl. Next to the jack, you actually do even better if by getting it there, you send the other team out. So it's a cruel sport. Do you think it needs a sort of 2020-style revamp? 
The two of you are right into it. I don't know. I think they would spoil it in oh. some way because they would do what they try and do with all sports is they try and make them shorter. A good game of bowls, 21 end game of bowls, should take you far too long. I think we've probably covered everything we can now about Crown Green bowling. Kelly, any guilty pleasures? Yeah, mine is obviously it's boxing, but it's not the modern day boxing. Right. I love to watch uh, videos. I have a great collection of old time videos. I remember the first big fight I went to see was the first um, Cassius Clay Joe Frazier at Leicester Square. And that's when I fell in love with heavyweight boxing. Right. And um, I've collected every fight since then of uh, Frazier, George Foreman, Ken Norton, yeah. Larry Holmes. Um, and it just great. They're just great. You sit there with a nice tub of ice cream. You put it on your TV and you watch it. And they were real fighters because heavyweight boxing, you, you never know who's going to win when they go in unless they're very one-sided matches like someone makes these days, but we won't go down that road. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as it has shown in the last heavyweight fight, one punch can change the whole history of boxing. And, you know, and it's great. And I remember the thriller in Manila. I, I loved that fight when uh, Eddie Futch retired Joe Frazier on the store. Because no matter who went out for that round, they would have killed each other in that round. Because that was the end of Muhammad Ali's career, and it was the end of the great Joe Frazier's career. And you're absolutely right. Old time, old time boxing. I don't know. I'm probably the oldest person here. My father, when I was very young, took me to see uh, Jack Bodell fight. I think it was Carl Gizzy that he fought. Oh, do you call him? Yeah, yeah. I remember Jack. He was great, wasn't he? A great <laughs> character. Great. Brian London. And they didn't look like they didn't look like no. athletes particularly. They were big fellas, but they looked like they'd had a good dinner before they got before in. Before the fight. But they God it was. They it were was good then. They had Brian thing. London. Brian London. Uh, Richard Dunn. Yeah, they Richard were great. Dunn, well, yeah. I mean there was they you know, even even some great even some British heavyweight fights I've got are great. Yeah when you go back and look at them. And it you sounds just... like a lovely afternoon to me, sitting doing that. James, you, you, you were going to come in. Did you have a question then about Yo, boxing? Did you say that the fight was in Leicester Square? On close circuit. Oh, OK. I was, very, I was, just... I was young and I went there. <laughs> yeah, I okay. saved up my pocket money and I just went and, I, and I, it was early hours of the morning. It was one of the first close circuit ones bought in by Jarvis so Astaire. So in one of the cinemas? Yeah, in one of the cinemas. They should have punched each other It was actually, it was in Madison <laughs> Square Garden. I know, okay. I know uh, we're in a hurry, but yeah. when, when uh, Tyson came out of prison, and they put him in. They, his first fight was against a, a guy. It was a real... I can't remember Peter someone, but it was a real Nahova. But they put the fight on in the Palladium. And me and my, my brother said to me, why don't we go? They're showing it live. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, all right, we'll go. I was gigging at the comedy store. Let's just go. We met up. We went out somewhere to eat. We went to the Palladium. Of course, the fight itself was five o'clock in the morning. So they had the undercard. You watched all that. Upper store, of the, we're sitting in the Palladium. And there's a load of people from Brentwood. There's about 30 of them, a big family. And just before the Tyson fight starts, this couple came and they walked up the stairs looking at their tickets. And they, they looked and these people were in their tickets. And the, the girl said, uh, the, the, the bloke said, I think we're supposed to be sitting here. And this bloke said, mate, we're all together. It's all a family. It's nowhere near full. full. Sit over there, mate. Sit, sit where you like. And he went, OK. And his girlfriend said, no, there are seats. <laughs> we're supposed to sit there. And he said, I don't think it matters. And the bloke said, sweetheart, seriously, we're all sat, sat here. You sit where you want. And she said, yeah, but there are seats. <laughs> A woman stood up and said, Angel, I know it's the Palladium, but this ain't Miss Saigon, darling. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, shut up. <laughs> 
better than Miss Saigon. Now, we're going to end that round there, which which means I'm going to give you, you all gave excellent answers and we learned a bit about you all as people, which I like. So I'm going to give you all five goals, which makes the scores at the end of this round 29-26 to Millwall. Now, next up, we go into injury time. But before we do, can you tell me why Ian Holloway thinks it's perfectly okay to cancel Christmas? I mean, come on, what's going on? Happy Christmas. You wait till I get home, I'm going to tell my turkeys that ain't, don't worry, it ain't Christmas, we're moving it. <laughs> it's all right, you got some respite, you know. We'll find out next on Glory Hunters on TalkSport. I'm just worried that I haven't got enough to worry about. Listening to Glory Hunters here on Talksport with me, Charlie Baker, where Millwall, in the shape of Kelly Maloney and James Brown, have 29 goals, and Leighton Orient, represented by Natalie Sawyer and Bob Mills, have 26. Now, before the break, I asked why did Ian Holloway think it was okay to cancel Christmas? I mean, come on, what's going on? Happy Christmas. You wait till I get home, I'm going to tell my turkeys that ain't, don't worry, it ain't Christmas, we're moving it. <laughs> it's all right, you got some respite, you know. James and Kelly, any ideas? Any ideas why I thought it was okay to cancel Christmas? I think because of the playing schedule. I would think it's because he they never win on Boxing Day. Whoever he was managing never ever or he never gets a win on Boxing Day. I don't think he ever won at Millwall. Oh there we are. Oh, never won dear, at Millwall, never won on Boxing Day. Oh. Natalie Bob, I think he's just outraged. I think that some probably someone's mooted the idea of a winter break to him, and he said, "No, that's all. That's what it is. Football, Christmas. You can't, that, you that can't have Christmas good. without that's football. Good answer, good. You can't have it. What am I going to tell my turkeys back home? <laughs> I feel a bit personally attacked with the voice. But, uh... <laughs> no, I forgot. Because that's racist to you, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Because little bit. it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> just a bit of fun to you, isn't it? It's like me sitting there going, all right, mate, apples and pears. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does anyway. He's got a Cockney accent. He's from Cheshire. <laughs> that is true. You're the Cheshire champion. Um, Natalie, any ideas? No, I like, I like what Bob said. You like that? That's okay, good. Well, you're or a, a farmer, was it? Tractor No, wheels. I can't do the accent. Don't so. tell I, tell he. <laughs> tell I. Right, anyway, let's find out. How can you do that? Um, why don't we move the tournament? Because it's going to be too hot, Mr. Blair. What? I mean, come on, what's going on? Happy Christmas. You wait till I get home, I'm going to tell my turkeys that ain't, don't worry, it ain't Christmas, we're moving it. <laughs> It's all right, you got some respite, you know. <laughs> oh, I've had a word with FIFA and we're going to move Christmas. It's no problem. Fantastic. There we are, Ian Holloway, and that was his response to the World Cup in Qatar being moved to December, which none of you said, not even in your lovely voice. Can have a little chat with you now. Um, Kelly, you were telling us before about when you took a world-class boxer... <laughs> To Millwall. How did that come about? Well, it was in 1989, Millwall's second season in the old first division. And Lennox being a West Ham supporter. And I said, um, oh, Millwall's playing West Ham. Do you want to come? And he went, yeah. I went, well, OK, but you know what? 
Mills like he went I don't care so he came and he had a West Ham scarf on <laughs> and obviously I always sat with quite a few of the the characters of Millwall and when they come in he's sitting there and I'm sitting beside him and they look and they go to me who's that what's he got the scarf on for they said tell him to get it off or move I went I tell you what you tell him to get it off or move I went Lennox just stand up and <laughs> and as he stood up they just went he can sit where he likes we like him <laughs> Was football ever an option for you as an agent or a promoter? No, I I did have a trial when I was very young for Wimbledon, but I was so small, I got pushed off the ball and um, the guy just said to me, I think you'd better off being a jockey or something, or a gymnast, you know. <laughs> I, and Boxing was my love and my passion, and I think that's why I was good at it, because I didn't diversify. Yeah. I just stuck to boxing. That's, when, that's, that's why you made such a success of it. It's been great. Thank having, you. It's been great having you here, Bob. You're a stand-up comic. That's your, your. What's your worst ever gig? And was it like being a boxer? Uh, yeah, I suppose it can. But no, I tell you what, it is that like being a boxer is that sometimes you take a break, you do a gig, and then you take a break, you do something, you do a little bit of telly, and then six months later, you think someone offers you a gig, and you think, yeah, I can do that, and you walk out, and you think, uh, oh, I've forgotten, I've, all the all the muscle memory's gone. I don't know how to. I don't know how to cope with this, and you find yourself on your back within like. <laughs> in the second round, basically. So in that sense, it's something you've got to do all the time. Yeah. You can't take big, long breaks, Eddie. And I've never, I've gigged with you a lot, and I've never seen you die or be close to dying. What's your, what is, you must have died. Everybody's oh, died. Yeah. What's your worst ever death? The worst one, and people, will, comics will tell you this, it's not about, oh, you're rubbish, get off. It's about when people look at you like, Really? We're quite happy to sit here talking. We were having a chat with our mates. And you're just... You're, as, as, there's a great comic called Simon Blow who sums up uh, perfectly, which is last night you might have been a comedian. Tonight, you're just a bloke standing there talking. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? You talk about dying to death. I'd done an after-dinner speaking job in Manchester at a sporting club. And for some unknown reason, they put the comic on before me. And he was so funny. And I got in the ring and I took the mic and I started. And in the end, no one, exactly what you're saying, everyone was talking, no one was talking. I just laid on the floor and went eight, nine, ten, and everyone started cheering. <laughs> oh, now, hang on, no, because what you've done there, they're the worst gigs of all, and I've yeah. done two of them in a boxing ring. Because mm. what you don't understand is that in a boxing ring, if you watch it on the telly, you're watching from above. If an audience is sitting around a boxing ring, they can only see you in certain parts of the ring. So you have to go to one side of the ring and do a little gag there and then move around. And then you think, I'll use the ring. I'll get on my bike. I'll, <laughs> I'll, tell I'll tell you how badly I did at one of the boxing gigs. <laughs> on the way out, the girl never even held the rope up for me. Oh. <laughs> I had to try and get out myself. And I'm a clumsy man. And this is the sort of thing you talk about in your, in your talk radio show, Tragedy Plus Time, isn't it? You, yes. You get comedians on, talk about what drives them. You've been doing that about a year now? A couple of years. What's, what's, a what's the, years. Most, the most insightful thing you've picked up in that time? Um, the most insightful thing is that it's the same for everyone. Everyone feels the same sort of pain. It's a, everyone feels the same sort of nerves. The most interesting people I've spoken to are the, have been the people who treat it like, like... People like Milton Jones and Gary Delaney who treat it almost like a chemistry examination the construction of a joke. I'll just go on and talk and hope something funny. But there are people who really uh, isolate words and they treat yeah. it. Tim Vine treats it like writing poetry. He writes a joke and looks at it for the whole day and then says, I don't need that word. I could I could use this word because it's shorter than that word. Uh -huh. So, yeah, how seriously people take it. 
Well, there we are. Well, lovely to speak to you. And we're coming towards the end of the game. In the dying moments of the game, we now move into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Remember, you're up against the clock. So if you don't know the answer, pass and move on. Losing side goes first, which currently is Leighton Orient on 26 goals. Quite simply, Leighton Orient, Bob Mills, Natalie Sawyer. Quite simply, I need you to tell me which of the following are the names of actual Brazilian footballers. By answering true or false, are you ready? Yes. Your time starts now. Claudio Pitbull. True. Loves a bit of aggro. Ruben Tuesday. Oh, false. False. It is false. Gompertz. <laughs> false. It is false. Mosquito. True. It is true. Leinecar. True. True. Nando's. False. It is false. Oh. Tapau. Oh. False. It is false. <laughs> Yago Pikachu. True. It is true. Try and find him. Mahatma Gandhi Pires. <laughs> true. It is true. Martin Klunev. Oh, false. It is false. Brian. True. False. Oh. Pedro Ken. True. True. It is true. Peter Ken. Fernando Bob. True. It is true. Costa Fortuno. False. It is false. <laughs> Bino. True. It is true. Scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> no. Roberto Dynamite. False. false. No, it's true. <gasps> Oliver Gulliver. True. It is true. Travels well. Ben Hur. True. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, there it is. The end of that round. And uh, we'll find out how many you scored. <sighs> Scored 16, which Ooh, takes you on to 42 good, points. That was good. There we are. Very, very good indeed. So at the end of that round, he scored 16, and you're now on 42. Next up it is James and Kelly playing for Millwall, and you have 60 seconds to tell me which of the following are actual names of five-a-side teams registered in the UK. Are we ready for this? Currently on 29, so you need 13 points. This is just bias again. All of those, win. all of those Leeds, players. Leeds, hold Leeds, on, all Leeds, of those players. Yorkshire, All of those players that. are professional players. You can watch on TV. Okay, it's your we time. You're wasting. What... <laughs> come, come on, let's that's go, true. Let's go. Go on. Here we go. One flew over La Cuckoo's Nest. True. True. Dances with Wolverhampton. True. True. Portsmouth. False. It is false. Rapid Vianetta. True. True. Port Fail. False. False. True. Queen's Park Strangers. True. It is true. Cry me a river plate. True. It's false. False. Murder on Zidane's floor. True. It is true. Not so Hotspur. True. It's false. Atletico Bilbao Baggins. False. It's true. Peter, check yourself. False. It is false. Beer Salona. False. True. Which one? Go with the true. It is true. FC Twente Stone. True. True. It's false. Dynamo Chicken Kiev. True. It is true. Andy Gray's Anatomy. False. It is false. Sesh Wednesday. True. Ah, there it is. It was true, and that's the end of that round. And you scored 11 points, which takes you to 40, which means Leighton Orient, you are the winners. (laughs) So sorry, Millwall. There we are. Kelly, I wonder if you want to give us a bland and empty post-match reaction. I think the administrator being you was a little bit biased oh, and um, yeah, favoured the other side. I think so. How are we supposed to know what a five-a-side? I mean, I wrote a book about five-a-side. I didn't know what all the facts were true or not. The names were true oh, or not. The, they had questions I, I, I from this summer. Bad had... losers. Come on. <laughs> come on, Natalie. 
We had questions from before I was born. You had questions from James, this James. summer. Well, you've got to remember, it's just a bit of fun. It's not. I've got to go to Millwall now and say, I've, and they say you got hey, beaten by Lake Norwich. Don't take seriously. Oh, but Millwall. don't forget to tune in to my next podcast, The Miracle at Maple Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, to our winners, we say... Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, look at his face. Just look at his face. And for the losers. Oh, you are a disgrace. For missing the target from there, you want bloody shooting. So join us at the same time next Sunday on Glory Hunters. Until then, from myself, Charlie Baker, and from Kelly Maloney, James Brown, Natalie Sawyer and Bob Mills, it's goodbye. in all my life.